0: So tonight, like I said, we're gonna be in John chapter 19. Who who in here is who are my history people in here that just love history? Love learning about history. That's their favorite subject, future historians. So we got a couple of you. A couple of you're like, uh, that's not me. I don't care. If it happened before last week, then it's yeah, don't matter. So so something interesting, I'll tell you something interesting to me about history, right? And so um, putting yourselves in the shoes of the people that lived it. right? That's something that's kind of wild. Because um, our modern context, we have so many technological advances and conveniences um, that it's wild to kind of put yourself in that situation and be like, well, well, they didn't have all that, though. Like, they had to go through this situation without Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and and Facebook and the internet and the postal service or whatever, this or that, these kind of things that we have that we take for granted. They didn't have Amazon, right? They didn't have this or that. in these contexts, and specifically, specifically I want us to think about before there were the technological advances that made communication so quick for us. I mean, communication for us is almost instantaneous, right? You want to send a message to, to someone in California, and you hit send, how, how many weeks does it take to get to them? Zero. <laughs> yeah, zero, it goes right away. You want to send a message to someone in China, right? Send them an email. How, how, man, how many months does it take to get there? Zero. Zero, right? We've got instantaneous communication. This was not always a thing, right? In fact, historically, that's a pretty recent thing. It's convenient. It's nice. But before we had those technological advances, it could take weeks or months even for important information to get where it needed to go to, right? From, from one part of the country to another, one part of the world to another. Super important information. People really needed to know it could take a long time to get there, right? Uh, so sometimes we, you wouldn't even know about a thing. It could be a super important thing. You wouldn't even know about it until weeks after it happened. And wouldn't that be wild? Um, Because of this, yeah, you you wouldn't hear about a thing until sometimes long after it happened. Um, And in particular, what I want us to think about tonight is there are some historic battles, some battles in history that were fought after the war was already over, after peace was already declared. But because the soldiers haven't gotten the news yet, they're still fighting on the front line. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Uh, So there's battles in history. Man, you guys can read about it. It's super interesting. Battles where, man, the peace treaty's already been signed, but the soldiers don't know it yet, so they're still fighting weeks later, right? One of the most famous examples of this, famous examples of this, you guys may remember from U.S. history, is the uh, Battle of New Orleans um, during the War of 1812. War of 1812, we've got U.S. forces... Uh, led by what, Andrew Jackson down there in New Orleans, fighting against the British, uh, various reasons, right? Um, the, the problem with the Battle of New Orleans is that the war was already over, right? The peace treaty had already been signed uh, in Ghent about two weeks before the battle happened. Um, but they just hadn't hadn't made its way to the U.S. yet. Uh, so this war was a, dis- or this battle, rather, um, was a decisive victory for the United States, major victory for the United States. The United States had... 71 casualties in this battle there in New Orleans. The British had 2,000, over 2,000 casualties, right? Uh, big, big time victory for the U.S. there. Um, but the thing is, those British soldiers didn't need to die because that war, that battle should have never been fought. The war was over, right? Uh, the, 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 the British British leaders had already signed a peace treaty, a ceasefire. Hey, we're, 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 we're not going to go on with this war anymore, um, Man, those 2,000-something British soldiers, they didn't need to die. Uh, That battle should have never even happened. Um, The the, the war was already over. uh, But they were fighting a battle in a war that was already over because they hadn't heard the news yet, right? Um, And so I I want us to kind of think about that concept, right? That idea of, man, fighting a battle in a war that's already over, right? Fighting a battle when peace has already been declared. Um, You know, some of you guys are doing the exact same thing in your lives. Some of you guys are doing the exact same thing. Fighting battles, day after day, and that Jesus has already won the victory over, right? But there's areas of your life that Jesus has already won the victory. God's already won the victory. He's, he's declared it's over. It's done. It's finished. There's peace. But we're still fighting, right? Like, like, we've got, like we've got something to prove. Like we've got something to do. You guys hear what I'm saying? That's what we're looking at tonight. Um, and the, the battles that we're fighting day by day, uh, the things that we're struggling with where Jesus has already won the victory, uh, but the areas that we're not allowing that victory and the peace that Jesus has won to become reality in our lives. You guys hear me? So tonight, that, that's the battle of Or that's the battle of <laughs> New Orleans <laughs> there. That's Andrew Jackson, I think, pointing saying, hey, go get him. Um, go <laughs> get him. Yeah, a victory already won. A victory already won is what we're talking about. And uh, and as I said, we're going to be in in John, John chapter nineteen. I'm going to do it. Yeah. No, thanks. So, so so where where when did this victory occur? Right. When when did Jesus win the victory for our lives? Right. Did it happen weeks ago? Did it happen months ago? It happened two thousand years ago on the cross. Um, you know, when, man, when, when Jesus is hanging there on, on the cross, man. That that's when, that's when that, that battle was fought for you and for me, right? Uh, and that's where, where Jesus fought and was victorious. Um, and so here, here in John's account of, of the crucifixion in John chapter 19, um, we're, we're going to look at it, we're going to read it, and then we'll talk about it a little bit together. Um, starting in verse 17. John chapter 19, starting in verse 17. John writes, Carrying his own cross, talking about Jesus, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic was called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side with Jesus in the middle. Uh, you know, Roman crucifixion uh, would have involved them, them hammering his body uh, to, to, to a wooden cross, right? Ha- ha- uh, nails going through, through his hands or wrists and going through his, his feet, you know, pinning him to a cross and then lifted high uh, until, until he... Until he died, he you know hung there and eventually asphyxiated, um, and so he hung him up there. And then there was a thief on either side uh, hung with them. Um, dropping down to verse 28, uh, so 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 Jesus hung there, and then it says later, knowing that everything had now been completed, and so that Scripture would be fulfilled. Jesus said, "I am thirsty." A jar of wine vinegar was there, and they soaked a sponge in it put that sponge on a long stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus said man, when, when, he knew, when he knew the work that he'd done had been completed, right? he, he knew everything that, that he came to do had been accomplished, he could say, It's finished. It's finished. He didn't say, oh, we're just getting started now. Y'all got a lot of work to do. Man, the fight's just just getting started. No, he didn't say, we're about halfway done, y'all. Just hang out. Just hang in there, we're about halfway done. No, he said it's finished. It's finished. It's done, right? The, uh, the word there, so John was written in Greek. The word there, it is finished, is tetelestai. Tetelestai, which means it's done. It's finished. It's completed. Um, there's nothing left for you to do, right? It's not, I've got the battle started, y'all finish it. Nope, it's the battle's done, right? Victory, mission accomplished, it's done. It's wow. done, it's completed, it's finished, it's finished, it's finished. So where you would see uh, this, this Greek word, uh, you would, you would see it appearing in, in different forms of this word at the top of like a legal document or a contract that had been completed. like Like done, this is finished, this is done. Uh, on maybe a, a financial document, like a loan that's been paid. You know, paid in full, done, no debts owed anymore. Right? This is what this is what Jesus is saying, man. It is done. It's completed. Everything that I was sent to accomplish uh, is now is now done. You know, what what was it that Jesus was sent to accomplish? And you know, when Jesus states his purpose, his reason for coming to the earth, he says the reason that I came was to seek and to save the lost. Right? To seek and save the lost. That his job in coming to earth was to save us from our sins, you know, from death, from all the power of the enemy, uh, to see that broken off of our life. And he says, in this moment, um, I've just started doing that. And, or in this moment, I'm, I'm halfway done saving you. Does he say that? No, he says, it's done. It's finished. And then he died. Right? He says it's finished. That victory is already won in your life. When you put your faith in Jesus, when you put your trust in and Jesus is your Savior. You're not almost saved. You're completely saved, right? That moment that you put your trust in Jesus, saying, I'm not going to trust myself and my ability to do right or wrong. I'm going to trust completely in Jesus, His ability to save me. Um, and you are, you are you're completely saved. You're made right with God, right? You, you get adopted into the family of God as a son or daughter. You receive eternal life from God completely, right? And, and there's victory in your life and lots of different areas of your life, victory that Jesus won, victory that Jesus bought and paid for with his own blood. He says it's finished, it's completed, it's done. But man, there's some areas where we're still fighting, right? We're still fighting the battle even though the peace treaty's been signed, right? The devil's defeated, victory's won, but some of these things we're still struggling with. We're still struggling with. That's what we're going to look at tonight. You know, sometimes we're still, we've got sins and temptations we're still struggling with, even though the battle's over, it's done. You know, we've got identity issues. That we're maybe still struggling with, even though Jesus says, "Man, it, it's already done. It's already done. The victory's won." You know, sometimes we're struggling against the world and the culture and against man, uh, the devil, the enemy. And 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 Jesus says, "Man, that that war is already over. The the victory has already been won for you, but but and we've not yet totally realized that victory in our lives." You guys hear what I'm saying? Um, the good news of the gospel is that yes. Jesus died. He died for us, right? God did a miracle when Jesus died, laying the, uh, the sins of the world upon him. Uh, Jesus took on himself the punishment that I deserve for everything I've ever done wrong. Jesus. Everything that you've ever done wrong. He, t- he took that punishment. He takes that guilt. takes that shame, right? So instead from God, we can receive mercy and grace and forgiveness. The uh, good news of the gospel also is that Jesus didn't stay dead. Amen? Three days later, God raised him from the dead, proving... <clears throat> that he was who he says he was, right? Proving that everything he said was true, uh, that you can't put your trust in Jesus and have your sins forgiven. You can't put your trust in Jesus and have eternal life uh, because Jesus himself conquered the grave. Um, And and that's the good news of the gospel, that that we can put our trust in Jesus for that and the victory that he won becomes reality in our life. Some of us have just kind of barely grabbing hold of Jesus, barely realized the victory he has for us and says, no, I want that victory to be fully realized in every area of your life. I want freedom to be realized in every area of your life. It's the freedom He paid for with His own blood. He's paid the price. Uh, He wants to see it realized fully in your life. Jesus did that for you. Jesus did that for you. Isaiah in the Old Testament prophesies about what Jesus would do on the cross. In Isaiah uh, chapter 53. Isaiah 53 verse 5 and 6. Uh, This is described in the Messiah. These These are prophecies that Jesus would fulfill. Um, when, when, he, when he suffered and died. It says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we made whole. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What was the reason why Jesus had to die? And to, to fulfill this. You know, he, he died for us. It should have been me on the cross, right? I'm the one that sinned. I'm, I'm the one that sinned against God. Uh, but, but it says he laid the iniquity of us all upon him. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Um, because of the punishment he received, we receive peace. We receive peace. Um, so, so in what ways has Jesus won victory in our lives? Right here we see one of the first ways Jesus has won the victory in our life is over sin. He's given us victory over sin. All, all those sins have already been punished. Right? When, we, when we come to God, we receive grace and mercy for God. It's not, it's not just like God looks the other way about our sin. It's not like He's like, oh, I'm just going to ignore that you're a terrible sinner. No. He doesn't just look the other way. He doesn't just wink at our sin. No, those sins have been punished. It's just you're not the one that had to receive the punishment. Do you hear what I'm saying? That debt's been paid. It's just you're not the one that had to pay it. Wow. You know, we, each and every one of us owed a huge debt to God because of our sin. Each and every one of us had a debt we could never pay because of man, things we've done wrong. Times we've been prideful. Times we've been selfish. Times we've hurt ourselves and hurt other people. What the Bible calls sin, this separates us from God, and, and it's, a, it's a gap we could never bridge. It's a debt we could never pay. So Jesus did it for us on the cross, right? When Jesus says, it's finished, it's done, and that debt's paid, paid in full, done. There's nothing left for you to do. Wow. That sin uh, was laid upon Him, and through Him we're free of all the guilt, all this shame that sin would have over our lives. So again, the first area man, that Jesus wants to see victory uh, achieved in our life is victory over sin. Jesus already won the victory a long time ago. 2,000 years ago, before I was born, before even Chuck was born. Long time ago. (laughs) Long time ago. But some of us are still messing around with temptations and sins that Jesus has already won the victory over. He's already won the victory, but we're like putting our combat boots on and let's get in a battle with this thing. No. No battles. The war's over, right? Peace has been declared. You've already got victory over that sin, victory over that temptation, we gotta stop messing around with it. Over depression. Right? Are you talking about depression? Yeah. Is it victory over depression. Victory over all of it. Yeah. Anxiety. Wow. That's it. Come on. That's it. So that whatever man, whatever temptation you're struggling with, and it's like Love? for you, you may have been in that thing for so long, it feels like I can never really be free from this. Like, like just even the idea of it seems so far-fetched. I'm gonna have to deal with this forever. But that's not the truth. That's not the truth of scripture. The truth of scripture is is, is, is that sin uh, has already been paid for by Jesus, and your freedom from that sin has already been purchased by Jesus. Right? That freedom can be reality in your life. And may, maybe you've been struggling with, with, with the sin of lust for, for so many years that you're like, this is just who I am. I can't really be free from this. That's not true. And you can be free. And that freedom belongs to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. And in and, 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 and this moment, man, tonight, we've got to realize, man, that, that, that battle's over. That, 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 that war is over. We, we've already got victory. We need to allow God to apply that victory to our life. And we're going to talk about how that works in a minute, but, but allow the grace of God to apply that victory to the areas of our life where we're still fighting something we shouldn't be fighting. You hear what I'm saying? Um, instead of just surrendering and giving up and being like, I guess I'm just going to mess around with this forever. No. Say, no, Jesus, you already won the victory from this. Not just... So on the cross, Jesus didn't just... Take take, take the punishment from our sin, take away the the guilt and the shame. And he also broke the power of sin off of our lives. We don't don't still have to be under the power of sin, right? Sin is not our master anymore. Uh, Who's our master? Jesus. Yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, Jesus is our Lord. Uh, Sin sin is not our master. Temptation is not our master. Uh, Jesus has already bought and paid for us to have victory over that. The second area we want to look at uh, where Jesus wants to see us. Uh, have victory is victory in our identity victory in our identity uh, man so often we fight uh, to try to figure out who we are I and mean, we fight to make a name for ourselves, to make an identity for ourselves, instead of resting in the identity we have in christ right uh, so man so much so much of our lives is man i got to make a name for myself Right, I've got, got to prove who I am. i got to even figure out who I am. I don't even know who I am. i got to figure that out. And, and that's the battle we go through. It's like, man, am I, am I this person? Am I that person? Uh, and, and Do I pretend to be this person and my friends and family? But really, I know I'm this person inside, so I feel like a fake and a hypocrite. And, and man, we, we just battle with that. Or, or man, I, I got to fit in with the, the culture, so am I more actually like this person? And we, and we, and we don't even know who we are. And our identity is, is a mess. And we feel like we've got to create an identity for us. And Jesus says, no, 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 you're fine A battle The war is already over, right? I've already declared what your identity is. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to to scramble for it. You don't have to to, to claw and pull and and try to prove yourself. Jesus says, your identity is already rock solid secure because of what I did on the cross. There's nothing you can do to change it. Right? It's done. It's finished. It's not started. It's not halfway through. It's done. Your identity is done. This verse here in Romans uh, chapter 8. Paul writes, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God loves you. You belong to Him. That's your identity, man. When you put your faith in Jesus and what He did for you on the cross, put your trust in Him as your Savior and your Lord, your identity changes instantly. Instead of being an enemy of God, you're adopted into the family of God. Your identity now is son, as daughter, right? As beloved by God. You're loved by God and, and nothing in all creation can separate you from that love. That's your identity now. You're loved. You belong to God. He belongs to you. And that's how it is. Forever. It's done. Right? He says, because of this, you are more than conquerors. So not just conquerors. You're whatever's above that. More than conquerors. <laughs> right, so he didn't have a word for that. So more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Uh, that's your identity. Not, man, I gotta battle, I gotta battle just to make it, I got a battle just to prove myself. I gotta fight to, to, to figure out what my identity is. No, your identity is known. It's already established. Your identity more than a conqueror. Why? Because your, your daddy's the king of the universe, right? That you're, you're a prince or a princess in the royal court of the kingdom of God, you can't have any higher standing than that, right? Come on. That that's already established. It's not something you have to fight for, right? It's not You don't have to fight to prove yourself uh, to the people around you. You've already got an identity, and it's oh. rock solid, and it can't be changed by them or by you or by anybody, right? Mm. Nothing's going to separate you from God's love. Nothing's going to change the identity He's declared over your life. A lot of us grapple with identity issues because we don't know what God said our identity is. So for us, man, that, that's going to mean getting in the Scripture. What does the Bible say about me? What does the Bible say is true about me? Not, not the lies that my heart tells me because my heart's deceitful yeah. above all things, right? It's going to lie to me. No, I'm not who my emotions tell me. I'm not who the culture tells me. I'm not who the world tells me. I'm who God says I am. Come on. Right? I'm who God says I am. And that's the truth. Right, So one of the battles we fight is this battle of identity. And God wants to say, hey, lay down your arms. Stop fighting. This battle shouldn't even be fought because the war's over. Right, I've already declared peace in this area. Um, next one. Other area where we still struggle and grapple and fight is, is, is in our struggle with the world. We struggle against culture, against society. You know, On the one hand, we try to f- figure out how we can fit into the culture. What's our place in a culture? Uh, a, a culture that's never, ever going to accept us, right? Uh, you know, we fight with the culture, we try to fight, man, where do my values and ideals line up with the culture? Man, what ways can I, can I fit in and kind of blend in to the culture, to the world? Uh, but it seems like the world kind of hates me and how do I deal with that? And, and, and we try to battle to figure out, man, what our place is in the world and, and, and how we deal with those kind of things. This is what Jesus says about it in John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. War's over, right? Peace is declared. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world, right? The war's over, right? I've overcome the world. You don't still battle against the world. That that battle's over. I won. I've overcome the world. Does that mean every day is going to be perfect? No, no, no. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have hardships. You're going to have tough days. But in that, be encouraged. Be encouraged because I've already overcome the world. So however this day ends, even if this day ends bad, that's not the end of the story. Nope. We already know the end of the story, right? If you don't know it, you can just skip to the end. Say, so, Matt, <laughs> Matt the, the Bible's really long. It may take me a while to get to the end if I just start at the beginning and go all the way through. Well, you have my permission just to skip to the end. See how it ends. Come on. See how it ends. Uh, God wins. Spoilers. Right? <laughs> Jesus yeah. wins. The enemy is defeated. The enemy is defeated. The, the kingdoms of man that, that war and fight and are selfish and prideful and lustful and gluttonous and destructive, uh, they all lose. And Jesus wins. Right? And he sets up his kingdom and his dominion uh, and, and, and his peace that lasts forevermore. Uh The devil's defeated. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, The the, the world doesn't win. Jesus has already overcome the world. And it's done. It's done. It's not like, guys, I'm going to get this world. We just got to stick with it. No, it's done. It's completed. It's finished. Uh, We don't have to fight to figure out our place in a world that's never going to accept us anyway. We don't have to fight to figure out, man, how do I get this culture to accept me? They're not going to, right? Right? So just let's rest secure in who Jesus says we are, right? Um, That, man, we have a secure place in his family, a secure place in his kingdom. The the world's not going to accept us. Uh, But don't don't worry. Jesus has already overcome the world. We don't have to fight and battle to figure out our place in it. Um, We just need to know, hey, there's going to be some days we're going to butt heads with the world because they're going to be into opposite things. Uh, of, of what we're going after, right? The, the purposes of this culture are going to run contrary, opposite to the purposes of God. What does that mean? It means in this world you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have tough days because you're going to run, run into that. But he says, t- take heart, take courage. I've overcome the world. Uh, so on your toughest day, that, that's not the whole picture. That's not the whole story. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, Jesus says, I've already overcome the world. I've over, already overcome the world. And the last one I want to look at um, is in our struggle with the enemy Jesus 's victory over the enemy um, if you guys don 't know this, you have a very real enemy yeah. a very real spiritual enemy um, and the, the, the Bible tells us a lot about our enemy uh, the devil the enemy doesn 't like you he doesn 't like you because God likes you right so, so he hates you he hates your guts uh, hates your stinking guts the devil does um, and the, the, what, what does Jesus tell us about the enemy? Jesus tells us that the enemy, uh, he tells us his mode of operation is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right? That's what the devil likes to do. Steal stuff, kill, and destroy stuff. Right? That's what he's about. And elsewhere in the New Testament, we're, we're told he, he's like a roaring lion going around looking who he can devour. Right? This is, this is our very real enemy. Um, how are we going to battle this enemy? We're not going to battle this enemy. No, it's, it's, it's done. It's finished. it's finished. Right? Come on. True question. That doesn't mean there's not spiritual warfare for us to do. That doesn't mean we don't need to, to, to pray, uh, to intercede, and to, to get in the Word. That, that doesn't mean there's not spiritual warfare. But the enemy is a defeated foe. Right? And it's not on you to defeat him. He's already been defeated. He's already been defeated because of what Jesus did on the cross. Uh, because the enemy is already defeated... And James can write in James 4, 7, Submit to God, and therefore submit to God, resist the devil. And what does the devil have to do? Yeah, because he's defeated, right? He doesn't have any control over your life when you're a child of God. He doesn't have any say over your life, right? He can't do anything at all to you except what the Lord allows. He's a defeated, defeated foe, a defeated enemy. You don't need to be afraid of the enemy. Man, you need to submit your life to God I mean, and stand on this promise that when you resist the devil, when you tell him no, in the name of Jesus, he has to flee. Come on. Right? Resist the enemy, and he'll flee from you. Speak the word. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4 says, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and give you victory. Amen. You know, the, the battle's the Lord. The Lord is the one that fights. Um, uh, you know, yes, there's spiritual warfare to do, but a lot of spiritual warfare just looks like submitting to the Lord and coming in agreement with what his word already says and declaring that over your life. And your words have power. Your words have power because you're created in God's image. We talked about this in God's leader life group earlier this week. You know, our words have power because we're created in God's image and his words have power. Right? The creator of the universe made the universe how? With his words. With his words. He spoke it into existence. And so made in God's image, our words have power. There's life and there's death and the power of the tongue, right? So we can, we can declare God's truth over our life. And, and, and one of those truths is, man, Jesus, you've already got victory over the enemy. Jesus, would you would you frustrate the enemy, frustrate the wicked one, rebuke the devourer for our sake, right, and, and declare that victory that Jesus has already won in your life? And in the name of Jesus, I mean, the, the enemy has to submit to that, right? He has to flee. Um, the enemy is already defeated. Right? We, do, we, don't, we don't battle against the enemy. The enemy's already defeated, um, and we, we stand on what Jesus has already done. You guys hear what I'm saying? You guys hear what I'm saying? Stand on what Jesus has already done. Stand in that victory. So the temptation that you're dealing with, God's already won the victory. Jesus already died on the cross to win your freedom. That situation that seems impossible, God has already won the victory. This situation didn't take Him by surprise and He's got a plan to see you through it. Right? He's already won the victory. On your worst of all days, God has already won the victory. And He knew that day, He knew that day way before it happened. Right? Psalms 139 tells us that God knew every single day of your life before the first one came to be. Right? So even our worst days, even the most rotten of days, they didn't catch God by surprise. He already knew it was going to happen. He's already got a plan that ends in your victory. Right? And he's already got it worked out. We can trust that you're going to make all things work together for the good Praise of those who God. love them and are called according to His purpose. That victory is already won. Even on your worst day, you're victorious because Jesus is victorious. Yes, right? And we don't have to battle to win the victory. We got... Jesus already won the victory. We just need to receive it. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 5... Uh, well, it says verse 7. You might not say something else. Um, <laughs> thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives who the victory? Us. Gives us the victory. We've got to work real hard for it. No, that doesn't say that. He gives us the victory. Thank you, God, that you give us the victory through Jesus. You Just give it to us. We sang, we sang Reckless Love earlier. We, did, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Just gave it to us anyway. Because He loves you. He loves you. He so, said, man, I won this victory, and I want it for you and you and you and you and you. He gives it to us. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. How? How do we realize this victory in our life? And this will be the last verse we look at. This will be the key verse. So, okay, man, I can I can agree with these things you're telling me. Like, how do I see that victory realized in these different areas of my life? How do I see that victory over temptation and sin? How do I see that victory in areas of my identity and how I view myself? And uh, and, and and maybe. You know, areas of, of anxiety and, and, and depression and places that I'm overwhelmed. Uh, how do I see that emotional victory? How do I see victory with, with trying to, places I try to fit into the culture and where I'm button heads with the culture? How do I see victory over the enemy uh, in my life? Um, this is a verse I, I want to look at. I mean, this is a hugely important verse to me. Many of you guys have heard me teach on it before. Um, this is Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 11 through 13 here. Titus, Titus chapter 2. Um, It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. So what are we talking about? We're talking about God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. Um, Romans tells us, man, we have access to that grace by faith. So when we put our trust in Jesus, we have access to what's called God's grace. God's grace. It's this grace, the verse 12 says, teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. It's this grace that helps us to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. It's God's grace at work within us that applies that victory to every area of your life, right? So the more you put your trust in Jesus, the more you submit yourself to God, say, God, I need more of your grace. God's pouring that grace into your life and applying victory to each and every area of your life by His grace. It's His grace that's working within you, that's teaching you to say no to that thing you really have trouble saying no that to. That's the promise of the Bible. God's grace will teach you to say no to that. You may have said yes to it 10,000 times. Well, today you're saying no to it, and God's grace is going to give you the strength to do that, mm-hmm. right? God's grace is going to help you to live that upright, godly life. Come on. Maybe, maybe we've stumbled and fallen the last 10,000 days. Tomorrow's different, right? And God's grace right. is going to help us to live a life that pleases God in this present age. Um, Because it's already won. Jesus has already won the victory, and he wants to apply it to your lives by his grace. So it's putting yourself in a position of saying, okay, God, I just need more of your grace in my life. Would you pour out your grace liberally on my life? Uh, You know, just saturate my life. Soak my life in your grace and let your grace, the grace of God, apply the victory of Jesus to every area of my life. God, apply that victory and break the bondage of sin off my life, Jesus. It's already done. It's already completed. Make it a reality in my life where those things no longer tempt me those things no longer have a pull on my affections in fact man, I pray that they gross me out like they gross you out God and said I have a heart for things you have a heart for I'd love the things that you love God change my heart change my affections and let me experience victory over temptation and sin amen God let your grace apply um, in the reality of my identity in Christ to every area of my life. So when, so when my, my heart wants to lie and tell me something else, or my mind wants to lie and tell me something else, or the world tries to put an identity on me, I can reject that and, and by your grace stand on your truth, who you say I am. I am who God says I am, right? Help me to stand on that truth. God, let your grace, uh, man, help me. Help me to, to, to realize, man, my place in your family, my place in your kingdom, um, that I don't have to fight against this world or against this culture. I just got to love it like crazy. I got to love the people in it like crazy. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, I got to love people. And, and, and on days where they aren't too loving back, well, take heart. God's already overcome the world. Jesus already overcome the world. That's not a battle I have to fight. That victory is done. And God, by your grace, help me, help me to realize, man, that the enemy is a defeated foe. That God's already got the victory over the devil. Um, I don't have to beat up the devil. Jesus already did it, right? And I can just stand in confidence on what he's done. I can declare that over the areas of my life now where I feel like I'm under attack by the enemy or I feel like a family member or a friend's under attack by the enemy, I can declare the truth of Scripture and in the name of Jesus and declare, declare the victory of Jesus over that area of their life, plead the blood of Jesus over their life and trust Scripture when it says, "And the enemy has to flee. The enemy has to take his hands off in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Um, and God wants to do that for each and every one of you. God wants you to experience the fullness of freedom that He's won for you. Jesus paid a great price for that freedom his own life yes he did he didn't give his own life so you could experience like 30 percent of the freedom he has for you that's right, right? he on. didn't lay down his life and suffer and die so we could like halfway experience the victory that he has for us no he wants to see that fully experienced in our life by his grace and so the areas and there's areas in my life that i need to more realize god's victory in. um That he wants to open up our eyes to that he wants us to embrace that by his grace um to close, out, to close out our time, I wanted to read you guys a poem. You weren't expecting that. You weren't expecting that. Um, this is actually the poem that, that inspired this message. I came across an excerpt of this poem months ago and I was like, man, that's really good and that'll preach and, and, and I've had the last few months to kind of work on it. Um, it's, it's a poem from a German theologian named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, if you're not familiar with him, uh, yeah, he Dietrich was alive in Germany around the time Adolf Hitler came to power and the Nazi party came to power. He was a vocal opponent of everything they were doing. He said, man, he, he, was a, "He was a Christian. He loved Jesus. He said, you guys are evil. What you're doing is evil and wrong. And he spoke out against Hitler and he spoke out against the Nazis. And they didn't like that. So they had him in prison and put to death. They had him killed. Um, But but Bonhoeffer was also a prolific writer. He wrote wrote books. He wrote poetry. Uh, A really good book to check out is called The Cost of Discipleship. It'll rock your world. This poem, though, is called Who Am I? So can I read you guys a poem? Who Am I? by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Who am I? They often tell me I stepped from my cell's confinement calmly, cheerfully, firmly, like a squire from his country house. Who am I? They often tell me I used to speak to my warders freely and friendly and clearly as though it were mine to command. Who am I? They also tell me I bore the days of misfortune equably, smilingly, proudly, like one accustomed to win. Am I then really that which other men tell of? Or am I only what I myself know of myself, restless and longing and sick like a bird in a cage, struggling for breath as though hands were compressing my throat, yearning for colors, for flowers, for the voices of birds, thirsting for words of kindness, for neighborliness, tossing in expectations of great events, powerlessly trembling for friends at an infinite distance, weary and empty, At praying, at thinking, at making faint and ready to say farewell to it all. Who am I? This or the other? Am I one person today and tomorrow another? Am I both at once a hypocrite before others and before myself a contemptible, woebegone weakling? Or is something within me like a beaten army fleeing in disorder from a victory already achieved? Who am I? They mock me. These lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am, Thou knowest, O God. I am Thine. That line there, is something in me like an army fleeing from a victory already achieved? Right? The victory's already won. It's finished, to us It's done. It's done. But man, in certain areas of our life, are we still are we still running scared? Are we still are we still retreating in defeat from a victory that's already achieved, a victory that's already won? Um, man, God God wants that victory fully realized in your life, and He wants to, you to experience the fullness uh, that He has for you. Um, and that's what man I'd like us to pray about tonight. Amen. Um, you guys bow your heads. Father God. Thank you so much for doing for us what we could never, ever, ever do for ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross in my place, taking the punishment that I deserve for my sin. Thank you for conquering death in the grave and giving eternal life to us, God, when we put our trust in you. Jesus, thank you that it's finished, that it's done. That you've won the victory. That it's not not a work in progress. God, we're works in progress, God. But the victory is already done. It's already won. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory in Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. God, right now we just want to pray for the different areas of our lives. That we're like that fleeing army, fleeing in retreat from a victory that's already won. Or, Or we're giving up, or we're giving in, or we're surrendering. Jesus, when you've already won the victory, God have mercy on us. God have mercy on us. God, I pray that you would pour out your grace on our lives, God. God, we need more of your grace. More of your grace. More of your grace, God. We need you, God. We need you, God. We need you desperately. We need you completely, God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Could you guys stand with me? And just kind of take a posture of, of receiving from God. If that's putting your hands up, um, and what that looks like to you to just... just like you're ready to receive a gift, like someone's going to put something in your hands. God, we need your grace. God, we need your grace. God, would you pour out your grace on us, God? Would you pour out the victory yes. that Jesus has already won? Your victories are mine. Holy Spirit, sins. would you search our heart? Would you search our lives? Would you show us those areas, God, where we're surrendering when you've already won? Show us the areas where we're running away in retreat, but you have already won. Jesus, would you apply that victory to our life, that that victory would be reality for us? God, those of us that have been butting our heads against the same sin again and again and again, that tonight, God, would experience the victory, Jesus, that you won for us, God. That victory would be reality, God, and you would break the bondage, break the attraction of that sin, yes, Lord. break those chains that bind us, God, remove those shackles from our wrists and ankles, God, and let us walk out of the cell free men and women tonight. Pray that you'd break the, the the bondage of sin and temptation off of our life, break every power of the enemy off of our life, God. We pray that we would receive the fullness of the freedom that you have for us, God, by your grace. Praise you, Jesus. Praise Thank you, Jesus. You, Lord. God, I pray that you would Thank speak you, to the identities of every Thank student, God. You, Lord, that I'm every student is trying to figure out and who they son. are. Uh, like, like in the Bonhoeffer poem we read, that, am I this person, am I that person? Thank you, God, that you've already declared who we are. God, help us to rest in our identity in you, Lord Jesus. That more than anything else, we're yours, God. We're yours. We belong to you, God. And no, no one can take that from us. Nothing can change that. Nothing in all creation can separate us from your love, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. God, would you break the bondage of anxiety off of our lives in the name of Jesus those that struggle struggle with panic attacks and anxiety attacks and are just paralyzed by fear, uh, God, I pray that you'd break the bondage of that off their life in the name of Jesus yes. and experience the freedom yes. that they have for you, God. Yes, God, those that are struggling with, with, with depression, uh, God, God, and, and, and mood swings, God, and, and, and God, feeling just, just, just low and worthless, God, I pray that you'd yes. break the bondage of depression off of our life yes. in the name of Jesus. Dreams. God, would you, would you fill us with your joy? Fill us with your peace, God. And would you, would you break every attack of the enemy that would try to attack us, God, uh, in the areas of, of, of our thoughts Amen. and our feelings and Amen. our emotions, God. Let us to experience Thank the you. freedom, God, to rest in who you say we are, God. That we do have value and worth, God, because you love us, God. And we're your children, God. Thank you. God, we're thankful, God, that you've already overcome the world, you, God. Jesus. I pray that we wouldn't try to fight to find our place in the world, um, God, but we, we would rest. That we have have a family, God, in the body of Christ, we belong to the kingdom of God, and, and help us to love the people around us, but, but never fight to fit in, God, because you've already overcome the world. God, thank you for overcoming the enemy, and God, we do pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you'd frustrate every work of the enemy, God. Amen. We'd try to be at work in these students' lives, and yes, their families' Lord. lives, and their friends' lives, God. God, frustrate things. the wicked one, bind You're up the gone. enemy in Jesus, Jesus in, Jesus the Jesus Jesus in Jesus name. Jesus has won the Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus has defeated in you. Jesus name. God, we're going to stand on your promise. When we resist the enemy, he has to flee. Amen. Saying we resist you in the name of Jesus. Yes, Yes. I resist you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I submit myself to you. God, I pray that you would totally break break the power of the enemy off of these students' lives and let them experience the freedom that you've won from Jesus. Thank you. We love you, God. We love you, God. Help us to walk this out, God. God, help this not to be a one-time thing. Help us to walk in the victory, God. Amen. Holy Spirit, would you search our hearts, God. Show us the areas, God, that, uh, God that, that we're still still retreating in, that we're still giving in, God. And I pray that, that with each passing day, more of your victory be realized in our life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we love you, God. We love you, God. We trust you, God. God, you're good. God, be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord.